the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Welcome to another edition of the Minnesota Football Show. I am one of your co-hosts. My name is Rodrigo Sanchez Chavarria. I'm joined by uh, Bridget McDowell and our wonderful Brasileiro Eric. Oy, oy, oy. <laughs> we are going straight to international news because if you have not been watching, AFCON is the thing to watch, mm. not only for games and low scoring, but <laughs> on drama. Drama, big drama. There's been lots of drama. Um, I, want, I wanted to kick it off by responding to one of your questions from last week, Rodrigo. You, you had asked about how things are going to look in um, Brasileiro and Serie A down there with the condensed schedule with the world cup with covid with all these different things and i I guess the covid factor still makes things a little difficult to predict however uh, i do have some dates to give you an idea and this you know it's not a template that we can just like plaster over cone bowl but i would imagine there's going to be pretty similar across the board um so they're going to start preseason pretty soon already uh next week and then the uh, state championships, which are kind of like their real preseason, where, you know, it's kind of like the Open Cup here. So, like, you know, fourth, fifth, eighth division teams get a play of Flamengo, get a play of Palmeiras, that kind of a thing. It's a warm up for everybody. So even the big clubs, it's a chance for them to, like, play their bench players and try out a bunch of, you know. 12 year olds <laughs> all that kind of thing <laughs> i can't wait to flamingo to, to bring out the 10 year olds that, that yeah, they can't run in their own jerseys to yes to, to like play the kids like, the, that's right the kids on the street like kicking the ball against the stadium like hey get in you're playing right in, now yeah, you're in you're in, you're in. And the score is up being six that's saying i like holy cow uh so so that that's gonna go from the end of january until april and wow that's a long end. Pre-temporada. It, well, remember, Carnival break is in there. But but yeah, what 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 are people gonna do in Carnival since it's been you know the official parade thing? It's like I'm assuming each small town is gonna have their own mini Carnival, and that's what's going to be most to be it. Probably, yeah. It's hard to say. I mean, that's kind of the way it went last year. Is just um, the, the the places like like in Pernambuco and Bahia where it's on the street anyway. I don't think a lot changed except that it wasn't like. The big corporate sponsors weren't there. So it was just like, you know, people setting up bands in their porches and then, you know, filling a couple hundred people and doing your thing, which still doesn't sound like a great idea, all things considering. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm going I'm to city in South America pretty good now. So it really is. I, I just found out that one of my cousins just recently got it and she went to Rio and partied in Rio. So there you go. Yeah. Um, Copa do Brasil is in there as well. Uh, two, that one starts February 23rd. And that'll go into October. That really is the basic equivalent of the Open Cup. Um, but in terms of actual uh, Serie A, Serie B league play, those both start the, looks like the second week of April. And then we'll wrap up the, well, 
it's like Sadia Bay ends the first week of November. Sadia A ends the second week of November. So basically they get a week and a half off <laughs> and then they're off to the World Cup if there's any Celestin players from, from Sadia A. There's not, not a lot of rest for them. <laughs> but I mean, you know, most of the teams can be coming from Europe anyway. So what the European calendar, how, I can't remember how that one's going to go. Are they, are they, they're just like taking a break, right? They're just like stopping in the middle. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder what they, what they get in terms of uh, a little bit of a vacation, but anyway, to answer your question from last week, uh, starting in April, ending end of November, and then it's world cup time. It's going to be really packed. Cause that, that's even a tighter condensed, uh, more condensed schedule than MLS MLS, you know, we, they pulled it all the way back to February. Yeah, and I, and I think that's what everybody's going to have to follow for whatever crap World Cup they're going to to play. Even though like uh, Cantona said some very nice things about uh, uh, by nice, I mean very leftist things and very let's throw Molotov cocktails and burn the whole thing down to uh, Qatar at, in the World Cup, which I was like, no, I want to no. make that as my background screen. Yeah. <laughs> Because yeah, that's exactly wrong. what it is. But no, yeah, I mean, no one knows what like it's going to look like. I just, I just don't know if I'm gonna watch it. To be honest with it, just it's... you pat you you're putting you putting you're moving the World Cup and with the push to moving the World Cup for every two years, right? It just makes everything super st- stupidly compact and like it hurts. Like we were talking about it, it, it hurts the you know it'll hurt the the women's game in addition to that because. There will be no space in between for anything. Not like you push, you push the Euros every two years. What happens to everything else? And everything is going to take priority over over a woman's side. I mean, we just, you know, just like we've seen, um, you know, um, uh, really old rules applying to really dumb things. Uh, it's just, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it makes me really scared and if it's something that affects the women's game more than likely i'm not gonna be watching this world cup mm-hmm. um even though There's... it's probably going to be at the most prime time time we can all watch it but i was like you know i just can't 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 gather my head around this whole aspect of it right i mean there's definitely a lot of internal conflict there for sure um how you feeling about it bridget same as we're on there. that's yeah yeah, yeah. It's tough. Okay, well, let's let's go to something that's a little more uh, light, I suppose, and interesting uh, with with the madness that Rodrigo referred to. Afcon uh, in in full swing. I, I put AKA backflip goal celebrations. I have now lost track of how many backflips. I, I love it, love it, love it, love it. Can't get enough backflip celebrations, and there's been at least three or four. Awesome. Give me the backflips. Um, it has been low scoring. You mentioned that as well, Rodrigo. Um, I'll just do a quick recap of kind of the way, way things were and where things are. There's actually matches in progress as we record. Um, but we do have now three, maybe as of today, four teams that are definitively three to knockouts. So things are starting to clear by this time next week. We're going to have a pretty clear idea of where things are uh, moving into the knockout round. Um, so we already had some opening matches. We knew Cameroon had won their opener as the hosts. Uh, in Group B last week on the Monday the 10th, we had Senegal beat Zimbabwe 1-0. We had Guinea beat Malawi 1-0. And then in Group C, we had probably one of the biggest matches of the week, in fact, uh, Morocco and Ghana 
really strong teams, both of those. And and Morocco pulling out a pretty surprise big win, 1-0. Low scoring, but still a big win. And then uh, Gabon, 1-0 over the Komodos, our little engine that could that find themselves in a sea of sharks, I think, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, so Morocco, I think, narrative-wise, is the big story there. They're going, going against one of the top teams in the entire continent and, and score, getting three points, pulling away there. So good on them. On the following day of the 11th, in Group D, another really big match, Nigeria and Egypt. Uh, two giants there, and Nigeria gets the big win, 1-0. Uh, Sudan and Guinea-Bissau, they both tie 0-0. And then in Group E, Algeria and Sierra Leone also tie 0-0. So this, this was one of those days that was a little rough where <laughs> low scores to no scores. Uh, but narrative there, big win for Nigeria, uh, Mo Salah and crew being shut down. Um, the following day, the 12th, in Group E, you've got Ivory Coast and beating Equatorial Guinea 1-0. Group F, uh, Tunisia and Mali. Mali pulling that one off 1-0, one and we'll talk about that match. Uh, and then Gambia and Mauritania. Gambia 1-0 over Mauritania there. So this is the one that got a lot of, a lot of press for good reason. Um, madness in the Mali-Tunisia match in Tunisia. As in the 85th minute, ref looks at his watch, <laughs> stops the game, it's over. <laughs> and and immediately the camera pans to the Tunisia bench. They're just like, what? <laughs> What's happening here? <laughs> mass confusion, mad drama. Um, of course, the, uh, the, the Mali bench is just like, sweet, let's get out of here. We'll take the points and go. <laughs> and then a- as things kind of start to calm, um, they restart and they immediately restart. And of course they're going to brawl because nobody knows what's happening. So I, I, a red card is thrown in like the now past 90th something minute, even though it's registering as like the 88th or 89th. Or, it was just, if ever there were a cluster. They, they, they the did cluster restart. Fuck. I thought they forfeited. No, no, they, they in quotes finished it, but they finished it in like the messiest manner possible. So like five people showed up after taking their ice baths. <laughs> No, they didn't get that far, but but yeah. it was just hilarious that he restarted it and then and then started throwing red cards. Just right. Like, I mean, it was it was twenty minutes after he after the referee called it, and it was yes. one of the top referees too. So like, there was lots of questions because there were VAR situations and injuries that didn't get accounted for, and so that was like the big thing. But like at the same time, like. Um, I saw some of the assistants referee becoming physical with some of the coaches trying to restrain them. And I was like, Oh was yeah. Like, I'm the okay the, for the Tunisia, Tunisia bench was ready to brawl. Like they were, and, and for good reason, they're like, game's not over. <laughs> and that was the thing. I mean, and then that's one of the, you know, it reminds us of that uh, MLS uh, Orlando city, which is New York uh, fiasco where like, you know, the referee didn't, we went to PKs and the referee didn't know certain rules and then threw out the player and then they have some Argentinian midfielder come in and save the day. I mean, you know, yeah. No, it's it's exciting. I mean, like, as I said before, you know, currently, right, I mean, low-scoring game, but somehow uh, Tunisia is up for nothing against, uh, Ma- is it Mauritania? Hey, man, we got a timeline here. <laughs> <laughs> you try to jump the narrative. That's like, a, like, <laughs> like, but uh, Kai Kamara plays for Sierra Leone, right? Yes. 
Yep. So at least he's getting um, some playing time now. Yeah, yeah. So that 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 was by far, I think, the one that got the most press just because of all the madness and it really, really was a wild ride. Uh, there, um, there was there were some real beautiful like one touch goals and and stuff like oh, that. Oh, there's some but... gorgeous goals. I think I, I that's in the next one I put in here. Um, starting the the second round of matches here in the group stage, um, Cameroon and Ethiopia played, and it was a big win by Cameroon, four to one. Um, Ethiopia actually scores first. Yeah, this is it. Um, so it's one nil Ethiopia at halftime, and uh, no, I'm sorry, one one. 1-1. But then Cameroon get three unanswered goals in the second. They just turn it on. And this fourth goal by Ekambi is the winger's name. Oh, it's a spectacular goal. You, listeners, co-hosts, you guys got to go back and watch this one because he basically takes <laughs> he takes the entire defense with him along the wing and then he he burns one, then he burns two at the same time as he cuts in to get a 1v1 with the goalie. And it's, it's beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Just watch him just like smoke these like basically the entire back line and probably a midfielder oh it's beautiful so highly recommend the akambi cameroon goal that's the fourth and final goal there and with that win that puts cameroon at six points they are through so as is tradition the hosts tend to do pretty well uh, at least at the start so cameroon are through uh then you've got uh let's see burkina faso beat uh cabo verde one uh, nil so right now it's it's a little tight for those other spots. Burkina Faso at three, Cabo Verde at three. Ethiopia is probably packing their bags, unfortunately. Um, so we'll see what happens with the other two. Now there are, I think there's, I think I want to say four third place teams that get to go through. So it's pretty generous. So Cabo Verde might be one of those. Um, okay. So on the 14th, again, second round, we have going to group B, Senegal and Guinea tying nil-nil. Malawi beating Zimbabwe 2-1. to one. Another big win for Morocco, 2-0 over our poor Komodos. And Gabon and Ghana both tying 1-1. And so with Group B, things are still kind of up in the air. You've got Guinea and Senegal both tied uh, with four points. Uh, Malawi with three. Zimbabwe probably packing bags. C is a little clearer. Morocco are through. They have the full six. Um, and then Gabon more than likely is through with four uh ghana with one they will probably get through at some point as either as a third place or maybe they they sneak some points in towards the end it'd be weird not to see ghana go through though for sure um oh yes that that gabon uh ghana match one one i put in here big post-match brawl yeah yeah that 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 went that went a little bananas as well. Um, game ends. I'm not exactly sure if words were said or what kind of set it off, but it was it was a quick uh, quick escalation, as it were, and full teams on the pitch. Uh, referees tried to do their best, but like literally getting thrown out of the way. <laughs> it, it got ugly very fast. Did you guys see that one? No, I have I haven't gotten a chance except for the first Cameroon. Um, what was it? The first game, the Cameroon. Um, was it uh, uh, Burkina Faso? Right, yeah, that, the very first. That game. that 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 goal that Burkina Faso scored was like is, is one of my favorite goals as a because it's, it's it's complicated because it starts on one side, doesn't go through, then it gets crossed to the other side and it gets saved and then it gets crossed again. And then the guy that's running full blast ends up ends up hitting it at one touch with the inside of his foot. And he's running just 
I don't know. Nice. I mean, some of these goals are really the, the most of those goals are really good, except for the PKs. Yeah. But yeah. um, but if you want if you want to see like sauce on PKs, just um, who's the Camer Cameroonian that's taking their PKs? I forget what his name is right now, but like he literally does like the stop and roll, the stop and go really well, and so he just points out and picks out whoever, whichever corner after he's done the stop and then go. So, yeah. Nice. Uh, on the 15th, we go to Group D, second round. Uh, big Nigeria win, 3-1 to one over Sudan. And Egypt finally get it together and beats Guinea-Bissau uh, 1-0. Nigeria are through. Not a big surprise there. Egypt with a bit of a slow start, but Mosala does Mosala things and gets that, that lone goal to get them some points. So they're currently in second. Um, it would be really weird again to see Egypt not make it through. I'm feeling pretty confident that they'll get it together either as a second or third. Um, that brings us to that was yesterday. So that brings us to today, Rodrigo. Um, go ahead and give us your updates. You're, you're watching it live because everything I've got here is out of date, except for Gambia and Mali. They tied one one that already happened. So, yeah. Yeah. So Tunisia and uh, as I said before, Mauritania are playing. It's in the 77th minute, and Tunisia is up for nothing. And um, it looks like just like a very, you know, um, counter-attacking kind of game where just you're just getting killed on the counter kind of thing. Because possession is 56-44. Um, but you know, these these are there's there's only you know four yellow cards, so no red cards. So we're good, we're good so far. Uh, but all the goals literally are scored between the fourth, uh, the eighth, the sixty-four, the sixty-six. So it's um, so it looks like yeah, the the scoring route so far is is beginning to to win a little. That Ivory Coast, go ahead. go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, Ivory Coast and Sierra Leone are actually in the eightieth right now, and Ivory Coast is up two, one. Okay, so that gets them through. That would put them through at six points. Ivory Coast, mm-hmm. no big surprise. Yep. And then later on today, I think it's uh, 1 p.m. Central time, is Algeria and Equatorial Guinea. So um, Group F is is really interesting with this, with Tunisia doing this blowout right now. Um, you, you're going to have Gambia and Mali with four points, Tunisia at three. So that might be another one of those groups where all three teams are going to move through. Is it three teams that move or two and then like a top uh, 13? Probably that, right? Yeah. Remember, yeah, that sounds right. I think I said yeah. four. Because if like, it, yeah, because right. if it's four points and three t- three and three three, that's more yeah. likely someone you know get get yeah, yeah. I mean, um, when is match day three? Is that tomorrow? Starts tomorrow. Yep. Yeah, that's gonna be some really interesting. Um, you know, Ghana, Egypt, and Sudan should be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Sierra Leone, if they don't pull this off, have a opportunity to. Uh, see what they can do with Equatorial Guinea, um, Tunisia, and Gambia. Uh, that will be Thursday, though, I think. Yeah. So tomorrow there's just two games, I think, right? Yep. yep. And then it's Tuesday, and then it's Wednesday, and then it's Thursday. Well, they play every day, huh? They there's do. always a game yeah. going on. We'll, well, we'll have everything pretty well cleared. Like I said, next time we record, I think even before that, we'll know by Friday. Right. Because around, around the 16th, set. start the 23rd. So. Mm-hmm. So we'll keep things uh, moving here. We'll, we'll keep paying attention and keep it covered yeah. and excited to kind of see how things pan out. There, there's going to be a, at least one or two surprises. Uh, unfortunately, I think 
I'm not, I don't, I don't think I'm going to buy my Komodos kit. As I had mentioned, <laughs> the deal, the deal was they had to break through for me to buy it. So wah, wah. <laughs> I mean, well, by breakthrough, you mean uh participation trophy then? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's still huge that they even made it there to be totally honest. No, I mean, I think that's a lot of the things too. It's just, you know, a right. lot of that. Um, so. Yep. Yep. Cool. Good stuff. Uh, it, it's, it's a fun tournament. I, I was like really enjoying uh, seeing what I can, it, it, the, we've mentioned the access many times. One thing I can say is, if you have the the fought mob, they, they do a really good job of posting the um, the the condensed or the the highlight reels right above the matches once things been done. So I've kind of been living off those and just getting everything in like five or six minutes. It's been fun to watch that. Um, all right, let's do some more international stuff as long as we're hanging out here. How about uh, it was revealed that uh, Team Canada, they, they're gonna, everybody's going to start the next round of qualifying. They're going to be missing Alfonso Davies for the next round. Um, I'm curious, asking you two, do you, do you know why? Is this a Bayern thing or is this an injury thing? Go ahead. Uh, illness, I think, after COVID, they found um, oh, heart inflammation. Brutal. Uh, myocarditis. So he's he's out and on, like limited activity for a bit well, that's even worse that sucks yep man that's really bad that is bad oh man I, I i've got no uh got no segue after that that sucks <laughs> well um, um i can light it up a little bit so okay please um within two days of tickets going unreleased um um your european champions the only highlight in um, Eric's uh, FC Barcelona, um, the feminine champions um, have, as of yesterday, I think they've uh, sold a total of like 70,000 tickets for a Clásico. Wow. Mm -hmm. So Compton New is going to be pretty much packed. What, when is this going down? Uh, March 30th. That's impressive. Yeah, so as of yesterday, 50,000 tickets have been issued for the game. And wow. so each um, each of the clubs estimate 140,000 socios have been entitled to claim up for four tickets, four free tickets each. So they're free hmm. tickets too. But regardless, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's crazy, like right? 70,000 I mean, tickets have been issued for the women's, for the women's team. That's spectacular. Yeah, I know. I mean... I'm glad right. that the Barcelona team, at least there's at least there's one still Barcelona team you can cheer for. Right? <laughs> yeah, so true. Um, as long as we're talking Spain-ish, I know that's Catalonia, but uh, f going farther down the the the, co the country there, Sevilla. Rodrigo, why don't you take this one or, or Bridget? You 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 know this more than I do. Um, there was some drama in the La Liga Sevilla match. Whoever wants it. Yeah. Uh, so Real Betis and Sevilla played the Copa del Rey Derby. Um, this was yesterday. They, I just found the latest from the athletic today here. But uh, so in the 39th minute, um, there was a equalizing goal. Uh, fans started throwing objects onto the pitch. Uh, one of the players was hit by the, no one has actually said what exactly it was. It looked metallic, uh, like a pipe 
it was small but big enough. Um, and it actually like hit the player, Jordan, in the head. Uh, so they paused the they paused the game, 39th minute uh, after the equalizer. So they're one one. Um, all the players are taken off the pitch while they figure out what's going on in the stands. Uh, eventually the officials decide to abandon the match. So 39 minutes down, 1-1. One, one. Um, Jordan was taken to the hospital. Looks like he was diagnosed with a traumatic brain injury or severe concussion of some sort. Um, so according to the athletic here, he was, uh, he's now home for observation for 24 hours, um, at least, and see where it goes from there. But they did continue wow. the game today behind closed doors from the 39th minute. Um, and of course, they so they were tied 1-1. And in the 73rd of the restart, uh, Betis scored 73rd minute on a Sergio Canales goal, which sends them through to the quarterfinals over Sevilla. Um, looks like Sevilla is arguing this. Uh, mm. They're going to appeal that it should not have been restarted uh just because of the nature of the injury yeah they're saying right. that it, you know you should wait until at least you know what's going on with the player before you restart a game um so i'm sure we'll hear a bit more about this one as they appeal yeah. that this week good, good on them for you know the, the bar is so low i know with these things but at least they they stopped that initial match and and well, it was it was crazy because like uh, it was retweeted from the Minnesota Football Show page. That's how I saw it on the Twitter page, and then like, like it's like you can't really see it too well, but it is an object about you know what forearm length, right? So it's yeah. either it has to be like a like a like a nightstick type of like dimension, but it was like you know. It wasn't javelin throw. It was like literally just chucked at something. And it was just because you could, you could see it. in the stands. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, my question, if it's if it's not, if it's metallic, right? I was like, what is the security? <laughs> like yeah. like well, to be able to yeah. sneak something like, into there and then just be able. Yeah. I That's mean, my next question is what do we know what's happening with this individual? I'm assuming was there like an arrest? Uh, this so this article says that while they were while the officials were discussing it and while he was being checked out, um, there were police going through uh, that section of the stands. Um, it doesn't say if they if they identified who threw it and right, but I mean the, the police are up there looking, so I would assume there would have been an arrest or. Well, there's going to be one, apparently yeah. none. Yeah. Because yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. It's just just so. They're probably going through video to see if they can identify right. who and, and how how it got in. Um, yep. I mean, for... I mean he was, Jordan was walking towards uh, the ref as this happened. Mm -hmm. So the ref was standing right there, saw it hit him. He had his whistle in his hand and he was, you know, ready to restart after this goal. They right. uh, so they they'd been celebrating and Sevilla was arguing that this um, like it shouldn't have been a goal or there should have been a foul or something. Uh, so he was walking towards the referee to talk to him about that. And thankfully that happened right in front of the ref. So he was able to stop the game right away, call in medical and, and uh, stand there and discuss it. So um, 
another level of stupidity by the person who threw the object. Oh my object. god, I'm, I'm looking at the video right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can see it. They're, totally... like, they're throwing other stuff down there too. There's there's like a water mm. bottle or something. Uh, but yeah, they... It, uh, and I've, from being a fan of Comet uh, Bowl and watching lots of other Comet Bowl leagues and watching my own Peruvian league, I've seen crazy stuff being thrown. On, on the, but to have someone literally throw something like that, like that's with an intent to cause harm. There's not an oh, intent yeah. to, yeah, to to just you know like you know I'm gonna throw a, a a plastic bag full of urine at you, right? I mean you know, yes, that's disgusting, but you know um, that is but, a. I mean, it looks like a like a large piece of uh, like construction metal that you see like at a construction. Yeah, site. I almost I almost wonder if they. I don't just know yanked what it off. Is, is like if because it kind of reminds me of you know the the posts that we have in the wonder wall mm -hmm. uh, yeah but you think they yanked it out probably huh right yeah wow some 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 families on on salt baths and then decided to go hulk and just rip it out of it's stupid because they were i mean you know it was their equalizing goal <laughs> he's you know he's arguing for for foul and and Sevilla's uh Sevilla's advantage but um I mean throwing that amid a celebration at the opposing player who did not score the equalizing goal it's just it's so ridiculous Oof. yeah it's just one of those weird things that you just don't see too often and you don't want to see ever really it's just have an uh, have a player injured like i get angry like even when like cans or like you know softer objects are being thrown on the field right. to to like you know i mean just, i just can't see just like there's, where do you there's put just that no yeah to, there's no reason like, right like like you know and then and, and it's also to talk to about the the fans um obscure view of what's owned to them or what they can do when they get there right, right. like their yeah. ownership and i think it's just it's just dumb i was like i was like yes these these, these people are, are playing your sport and that you played as a kid and they're getting paid to do that doesn't mean you have to you know throw objects at them right i right. mean they don't sign up for that so i mean credit yeah. credit to the officials for getting on it right away and and not yeah. just the official who was standing right there but I mean, they they all had to agree to to pull all the guys off the pitch, um, send them to the locker rooms, and and that went on for about twenty minutes. That discussion, and and then yeah. they decided to call it and picked up the game today. But, Whew. um, wow. Uh, let's jump to some EPL. Uh, I don't know if either of you all got to watch the uh, Aston Villa Manchester United. It was a fun match. It, it was a no, fun I didn't, match. but. Yeah, but uh, I, I saw you. I saw you put it on the Slack channel. What happened? Please tell. Oh, me. so this this happened right away, and I laughed so hard. Bridget, did you see the goal? That the first actually, goal? No, I missed. I missed that one. I think I was in the kitchen or something. Yeah, I mean, I I partly felt bad, but it was just such a howler that I I yeah I really enjoyed it. So it's Martinez is the Aston Villa goalkeeper, and Bruno Fernandes is like they they it's off a free kick. Um, it's one of those little fake things where. You know, the one guy comes running, he just barely touches it. Then the other guy from the other angle swings in and, and takes the takes the free kick. And kind of what you were saying with like the the African players with the sauce, like he he puts some mustard on it. He hits it really hard. But 
Martinez, you know, he does the typical goalkeeper thing, going low, got both gloves on it, looks like an easy stop. So, and, it, and it hits his gloves, hits his hands. You can go one, 1,000, two, 1,000, and you can just see the ball slowly roll right under his legs. <laughs> it's like, what? He tries to jump back and grab it, but it's way past the light at that point. It was, it was something. <laughs> just, just a rough one to give up, but... You know, it, it, I think it made all the highlight reels because it looked like such a clear stop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he catches it with the upper part of his chest or he was trying to like cradle it. And then the cradling attempt just totally misses it right and under then, his and legs. Physics be, and, and physics being the, the evil devil that it is, it just <laughs> decides to bounce, uh, call call its friend geometry and, and yep. both of them together join forces like the like the super twins of uh of uh, DC and then just create a perfect angle for the ball to just go in between his legs yep. and, and just roll but he, back. But he kind of got his revenge too, because uh, they end up scoring two goals to, to tie this thing two two in, in the, uh, as, as the final score. And he has some great stops to, to yeah. keep it as such and keep Manchester United at bay. And oh, yeah. there's this great moment where uh, the same guy, Martinez, the keeper, like he jumps in to, to party with the crowd, I think on one of his big stops or when the whistle blows. So it was, it was kind of cool to see this this whole narrative play out where like he's just suffering so hard after this terrible, terrible howler. And at the very end, he gets to celebrate. So, hey, I mean, you know. they, they hadn't earned points at home in like two months. So it was a solid performance and and massive comeback. And yeah, Huge it would have been worthless if not if not for him. Yep. Um, and, you know, Coutinho comes makes his premier league return with an assist and a goal to to tie it up uh it was a it was a fun game to watch. yeah i mean it really was this this whole like coutinho thing is like i don't know whether there's so many people saying that he's washed up or whatever or what the, it was like a bad deal it's a bad deal for barcelona that's what it is yeah i mean aston villa is 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 it needs a player who can who can do that just what he just did now and so yeah it's true I mean, and it's, and, it's not like it's some some random team. I mean, he's playing for Steven Gerrard, so mm-hmm. he's he's played with him uh, at Liverpool before going to Liga. So yeah, he's. Uh, I thought it was kind of funny. He starts on the bench. I mean, you br- mm-hmm. you bring in Philippe and then you put him on the bench. Yeah, he had, to be so. fair, he had played like two days before. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's not a great deal for for his old club but he he wanted minutes he needs some minutes right he needs to play and he's not playing he's been doing that great and he's exactly the kind of player that this club needs i mean it's hard knows who to who to call in those moments right i mean i mean it's 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 like taking the the uh buy-in uh model that they did exactly right he brought he came in and he played and he did really great right he did he did a good job enough to go to barca right i mean and so so that's the thing. I mean, but I think that goalkeeper, even though he let that holler and like like Eric said, he had some really great stops. But like he came oh, he out did. and like he makes his body. There's one where he yep. makes his body big because you're supposed yep. to do that, and the shot's yep. still taking off. And then he's got enough reaction time to kind of like jump up and swat it. Yep. Like uh, and so I was like, that's. I mean. Yeah, it, yeah. it takes a lot of that. That's a lot of just mental strength to kind of play through something mm-hmm. like that and still come out of it with a the positive energy um 
let's go to speaking of your positive energy there, Bridget. Uh, no Mane, no Mo Salah, no problem. Liverpool three 0 over Brentford. That happened today. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. You guys move up to number two. Play the kids. Play the kids. Um, yeah, it solidifies that second spot again um, after Man City beat Chelsea the other day. Uh, so the table is still really tight. Uh, let me pull it up again here. Um, so Man City was 56 points, Liverpool 45, Chelsea 43. Uh, so with that one, we get back up in the second for Liverpool uh, and hopefully to, to stay there for a little bit. Um, but we'll, we'll see. Weird season. Um, hey, Bridget, so can you tell me who's in number... Hand. Can you tell me who's in number 19 spot? <laughs> Newcastle. He asks this every yeah, time. Was, I mean, they played it. I watched that game yesterday, too. They yeah, I, I'm, I got it set up on my Peacock to be able to watch it. I think they've made some really interesting signings, right? Um, but I can't wait to, you know... Um, we we still um, you know because I know Mo Salah is asking for I don't know how many thousands hundred thousands a week we'll just take Mo Salah and go to the championship and win it all you know with literally just him because he won't literally no that's not all we're gonna do it's, just, it's, just, it's going to be like the Randy Moss ratio uh, in the Champion League if we take Mo Salah we're just gonna be like listen we're gonna pass you the ball and then you do everything else. Mm. Oh, we just put car- we just put car- cardboard cutouts of players on the field and just <laughs> the cones, training cones. Exactly, we're like you can't touch the cone. It's a yellow card if you touch the cone, right? One uh, uh, one thing I thought was interesting, uh, just to close this thing out, somebody was talking about CCL, and I was like, oh yeah, that's right, that's gonna start pretty soon too. And it's true, like this stuff gets going in less than a month. Uh, I think we're about three weeks out. Yeah, CCL. So I, I put it out here. Uh, got Leon and um, Guastatoya, I think, from um, from Guatemala. The Sounders are going to go against uh, Motagua from Honduras. Colorado Rapids get uh, Comunicaciones, also Guatemala. NYCFC gets Santos de Guapiles from Costa Rica, right? UNAM gets Saprissa, Costa Rica. Uh, New England gets uh, Cavalli from Haiti. Uh, Montreal gets Santos Laguna and Cruz Azul go forge FC, the Canadian champions, as it were. So that'll Wait, be who gets Santos? Right. Santos uh, Club de Foot Montreal. Wow. Yep. That's going to be a tough game. So there you go. That's coming up. Um, that, that wraps most of my international. Actually, that's all the international. I got. Is there anything else you want to throw in there? Oh, oh yeah. Um, um, this is for MJ, because um, MJ is an Everton fan, right? Oh, uh, yep. yeah. Yep. So um, uh, the former Newcastle United, Rafa Benitez, has been fired from <laughs> Everton. Um, and I just want to say that Everton is much, much smarter than Newcastle management. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's just one thing that you do. I mean, they've. I think their last game that they played, they lost to like the is it Norwich, right? Norwich City, yeah. They, yep. they lost to them two to one, I think, right? I just, I just, the only reason I know anything about Everton is just watching Men in Blazers or listening to Men in Blazers and oh, really? 
the pain the pain in Roger's voice all the time. It's just yeah. it's pretty consistent. I got I got beef with like the Cooligans just because every time Newcastle does anything, it's like that is their meme joke for the week. And so like I'm like, what what do you have? I mean, like Alexis is an Arsenal fan. They do worse things sometimes than we do. And I was like, why don't you just you know play it both ways and cut me some slack for crying out loud? All right. Well, let's hop to some local stuff. There's not a lot, but there's a, a pretty big one that we'll spend some time on and probably laugh at a little bit. So we'll go there. Thank you very much for listening to the show. Join the Patreon at patreon.com backwards slash Minnesota football show. And welcome to the second half of the Minnesota football show. We'll be talking about national and local soccer football news. Let's um start off with a little bit of TC Soul, or some of you know it as TC Soul Futsal. Um, Coach Mario was on here, I think, last year when they were trying to get things rolling with TC Soul. They've had several, um, I want to say, like, not camps, but, like, type of workshops or just uh, uh, where they've had uh, young kids with their new partnerships over at North, on the north side. Um, I think Urban Ventures, right? I think it is. Uh, they just had some couple of, you know, camps and teaching kids from the community how to play futsal. But um, they're also um, um, going full speed ahead with their um, Soul of the Cities Serve to Play Futsal League that they started last summer, uh, which I did not get a chance to go. But I think um, I think you did, right, Bridget? You went to go help out with uh, one of the supporter groups from. Um, I helped Dirt Clouds get set up to volunteer. Yeah. I wasn't able to go myself. Um, yeah. But yeah, they they had a great system going where any team could could come play uh, one of these tournament tournaments at North Commons Park. Um, they were provided with lunch, and there was like an hour, hour and a half of volunteer work afterwards. Uh, so they made it a, a whole community uh, community outreach thing, um, playing the game and and giving back to the north side as well um they were really popular i mean teams coming from uh all over the metro some of the suburbs going in there uh which was a, a good way to kind of get everyone together um, right. this past summer obviously in minneapolis uh yeah they're doing great work and good to see that they're going to be able to continue that and expand a little bit right i think um Coach Mario and TC So got highlighted, but the MLS is one of their like yeah. best uh, or like best community outreach type of things uh, or folks organizations that are doing stuff for soccer. So it was, it's great that they're they're working to get um, another one. I think that's one of the things that Coach Mario always intended. It was just accessibility, right? And I think exactly. that was one of the things that was really really fun and fun thing to do is just to have some of that. And I think it's great that they're building on that. And I'm here at the Minnesota Football Show are extremely excited that they're continuing it and um we'll um probably try to get mario back on sometime because he's a busy busy person but also busy dad 
And so um, we'll see when we can get more information, but that's something to look forward to this summer again. Um, and um, hopefully, you know, they will, will, as we learn more information about it, we'll just keep on, we'll just keep on and uh, let you guys know. Um, in other news in Minnesota United kind of related news, um, there's just some really weird stuff going on. So uh, first of all, we resigned Coleman, right? And then um, in our um, super draft, we um, drafted in the 17th position. Um, we selected Tani Oluwasei um, from the super draft. And I think we played for St. John's. I think that was the uh, yep. understanding. But then, like, you know, people got excited about it because we already have um, uh, South African connection that also, I don't think we talked about it on here, did we? When um, on social media hype over the... We, we did last week, yeah. Oh, we did? Okay, great. That's great. Because they're, 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 they're nonstop hilarious. And it's still, did, did you see the, the one last night? Uh, the no. club put out a tweet saying good morning to, to South Africa. Uh, oh they did oh that's hilarious yeah, yeah. Catch up yeah. On that. and then and then like a bunch of spaces and by the way also good night minnesota and all of like all of the comments were like yes when can we see pictures of our boy training in your kid yeah. and like I, it was it was awesome so that's that's hilarious. Uh, so the, so the club is is now uh buying into that hype and uh well they should yeah. and and responding um right i mean opening that uh in this household, Nubia lives for moments where, like, Minnesota United gets 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 memed by uh, South African <laughs> social media posts, and let's just say that scrolling. I usually don't scroll through any Minnesota United posts that often. Just read the headline and then move on. But for this, we we kind of have like a like a look look what they said. Look at this one. Look at that one. And we're like, yeah, yeah you're forgetting a, a crucial point here is. I'm not on Facebook, so it wasn't me, but somebody pointed out that the re-signing of Brett Coleman uh, was a little problematic, <laughs> to say the least, and mentioned that, oh, yeah, this is the guy that doesn't stand for support and solidarity with Black Lives Matter. And then that set off everybody, <laughs> like all the right, stuff happened. Right, so right, right, right. Good on him. <laughs> right. When I posted that and I sent you that picture, they're like, oh, wait, this guy doesn't stand for Black Lives Matter? He yep. doesn't. Uh, yeah, no, that was great. But yeah, we... They're getting into all the the uh, nitty gritty personal beliefs of the players now, and and yep. uh, that's that's beautiful. I, I I literally sure. cannot wait until there's a section somewhere, a small section of like South African supporters at Allianz, because I might just go over there and be like, you know, just be like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead in here and just you know cheer with the Pupuzelas or whatever else they're bringing in to be able to cheer and learn all the cheers and just, because that just feels more like home to me than it would than it currently have at the one ball. So. And, and, you know, I'm visualizing Vuvuzelas, if we turn them vertically, they can also be used as blunt objects on Proud Boys and other fascists that might be there for Coleman. So, you know, it's a two for one. <laughs> yeah, That's no, just I me. mean, <laughs> I, I think, I think, um, What's really interesting, <laughs> right, currently here for Minnesota United is that we're drafting forwards, and we like have now like a month or a month or two ago we were talking about I was like, well, 
well, end of the season, we was like, we technically only have one forward now. What are we going to do? Well, we get um, South African uh, U22 superstar in a sense, right? And then we draft a, a young forward um, in the 17th spot. And now, you know, Patrick Weah is mostly out for most of the season, but he could make some sort of a comeback. We've seen it before, right? Towards come on, come on. Get, get to it already. Get to the and thing. Then, and then um, <laughs> our, our, our estimado Paraguayo, right? Uh, our Guarani. No, or... not that one. The other one. Which one? <laughs> come on. No, 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 no. We, we are talking about, you know, Totina Marie. Oh, no way. We signed Abu Dhanlari. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't scroll up fast enough. I thought we know. <laughs> oh, all the lols. So many lols. He's back. He's back. Um, I don't even know where to begin with this you one. Know, I, as Heath said, so well in the press release, um, they've they have unfinished business together. Oh uh, you know, he was really disappointed to see Donati go in that expansion draft. Uh, despite the fact that he's like literally the first player that he was like, yep, he's open. Like, right. go ahead, collect him if you want him. Yeah. Um, he also, he also said, you know, people forget that he scored eight goals for us when he was here, uh, which he conveniently forgot about as well most <laughs> of the time. So, um, I, right, don't, he totally uh, like, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, with the second team, uh, he'll at least get minutes and he won't just be parked on the bench. I assume that yeah. the second coach will actually play him. He uh, did have a good first season to his credit, he, but I mean, I you got to realize injuries, so many injuries. Big, well, and that's that's the other thing with Tanny, uh, who also is coming off of a knee injury. So it's almost exactly the same picture as when we drafted mm. Dunlady. Um, yeah. Had missed the previous season with the knee injury, but, you know, was uh, was enough of like a utility player that you know they they could sell that potential right uh, and then you bring back delani who is you know 1.0 and then tanny. so uh i mean hopefully uh we see tanny c- p- coming into the first team uh but maybe they both end up on the second team just to get minutes and heath continues with his usual yeah uh, stuff of not playing strikers right I think I think the the second team is just kind of a convenient excuse for him to be like, okay, we'll we'll hang on to these guys. Um, you know, maybe they'll get some minutes, maybe they won't. Uh, who I I think to that point, yeah, you're you're spot on it, Bridget, per usual. And I, what I would say is, <laughs> if we think back two months ago, just to, just to like kind of paint the picture of of the mentality and just the erratic behavior consistently of of the front office in this team. There, there was this possibility that Navajo was coming here and everybody was really excited about one of the top scorers in Serie B who was going to move to Serie A and was getting all these looks from Serie A Brasileño clubs. He's going for the the oil money somewhere in the Arab in the Emirates or somewhere. I don't remember where he's going. Um, and we're really excited like that. That was, that was like a legitimate big deal that we'd be pulling this guy from Botafogo and have a real striker. And two months later, we're back full circle to Abu Dhanladi. And, and, and we that is and we're also here potentially Luis Samarija as well. Yes. Also, uh, exactly. Which, I mean is is 
better than Dunlady. He was scoring until he got hurt, and then Look, it is. But but again, it just represents. It just it shows this There's... roller coaster that we're constantly on, and we're, and we're the decisions are non decisions. We're just hitting the rewind, and uh, like I mean, Eric, you're not on Twitter, but I I shared this on in the Slack conversation. Um, on Twitter, I said something like, uh, the club is just like re-gifting and re-wrapping all of these players for us. Like, oh, you wanted yep. a striker? Here, here is a bunch of strikers who you did not appreciate previously. Exactly. Um, and and I, that response by Joe Leva was amazing. <laughs> Absolute art. It was art. <laughs> it's good on him. Yeah. I mean, it go, it, it, it's the same stuff we've already hashed before, but. I, I, I talked about the limpeza with Dave, and that's what it is. I just think everybody needs to go. It's not just a heat thing anymore. It's an everybody thing. It's, um, I mean, they don't know. They don't know what they're doing. He doesn't know what he's doing. It's there's a common denominator. I, I, all of these decisions, and it would yeah. Be you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm to the point. I wouldn't even say he's not necessarily like a horrible coach. But if your goal is to actually win a cup, this is not a coach that's going to win you a cup. This is not a coach that's going to win you anything. And I don't think this is a front office that has any kind of stability that is going to get you to win anything. So if your goal is to not win anything and just keep running the hamster wheel over and over again, maybe making the playoffs now, year six, sweet. Everybody be happy. That That's what's happening. That's what's been happening now for yeah. a solid decade. <laughs> if you do want to win something, you got to change something. And he's going to tout the second team as you know another resource, but I feel like it's just another thing that's going to – uh, enable him to continue to coach exactly the way he does, right. you know, being able to say, well, I'm going to bench this guy, but Hey, he's, he's still going to get minutes, you know, on, on this other team. Uh, and I, I don't know. It's just, Here, here's the thing for me is like, I'm, I'm, I, I do like MNUSG too. And the assets that there's going to be lots of like young players playing on that. I, I right now, as I stand, I will, probably more than likely want to watch more of the young players play than then see that right and i know they're working on um i'm still uh, upset and mad that they're working on a buyout for tomas Chacon, but tommy looks happy like that box you've got to check every episode or is it go he's got to come up drink um, everybody drink Chacon mentioned he, he looks he looks <laughs> He looks swole. Like in his last picture, he's like, he looks like in shape. And I was like, I'm, 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 I'm hopefully yeah, he'll be able to find actually, his own play. He's getting minutes and not sitting on yeah. the bench. Well, yeah. And then like, I'll, um, but if you think about it, like you, you have the, the young South Africa and you have, you have all these other players that were playing there. I mean, like I believe in Lottie, like I believe in Lottie last year would have been our third striker. Like there's no way that Fernando Adi out, outplays uh, Dunlady in that type of sense, right? I like I I would have I would have taken that, and I think that that works. Um, and I think and Rod and that, Luke is always going to be started at striker, ahead right? Of and then just moves around. I mean, Robin Lude's got the free pass. He's got the he's got the all day pass at the Nickelodeon universe. He can do whatever he wants up there. He can he can ride any roller coaster he wants as many times as he wants and just do whatever he needs to do. Um, but I mean it's 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 becoming interesting as the aspect of like attacking forwards that we have. And probably I see it as because we we have to fill a second roster, right? And so we're gonna bring back people who we think we can work on, right? I mean, I mean but we'll see. It it does help to have a known entity. 
especially when you're building this completely new uh i mean they're doing combines getting you know finding young players and bringing in players internationally and and from around the continent but like having guys who even if i mean even if heath doesn't isn't thrilled with Dunlady, um even if he doesn't play him as a first team senior player he at least knows i mean the, the whole club kind of knows what they're going to get with him Right, um, and so mm-hmm. being able to to kick him over to the second team and be like, hey, like here we at least know this guy, we know this guy, we kind of know what to expect and what to build around, rather than you know starting a whole new team that's going to be your secondary, um, and it does give them, I mean, eighteen more spots where they can put guys, uh, rather than you know leaving them home every time they travel or or right. But, I mean, we'll, we'll see, you know, I mean, this is the opportunity for, for Freddie to get some playing time as he can keep. I mean, like, I'm excited for that kind of thing. Like, it, if the friendly it, that they announced. It'll give it way a place to, uh, yeah. to actually get some minutes when he comes back from mm-hmm. rehab. Because, I mean, we've we've seen how this team handles injuries like that where, you know, they either throw him in for 90 minutes right away and then say, well, yeah. <laughs> He's not great. He's he's not very fit. Well, yeah, because you're you're overtraining him to get, to get him into the, into the eleven. Yep. Um, but that's it'll, what I was gonna get to. Yeah, it'll it'll give the injured guys time to actually like. You like know, I would I would love to be proved wrong. I'll just say this, you know. If that's yeah yeah. Prove prove like, me wrong. Abu Dunlady two come out and light it up. Shut me up, great. But just to your point, Bridget, like. That's the thing is I just do not trust this club and this coaching staff with doing the right thing, even yeah. if these players are performing at a good level. That's ex- that's exactly one of the things too. But at, uh, for me, it's just you know, I'm more invested in this MNUFC two than probably most folks, just because this is the only way that we are able to feel some sort of like makeshift academy aspect of it. If any of these players that MNUFC two end up being good enough to be picked up by an MLS team or anything else, then for this then, stuff, then you're able to bank some money on that, right? Since we don't seem yeah. to be, and I think that's what Minnesota is doing. It's like we either A, don't, don't see the academy as a, as a very well um, place for us to make money, right? And if we already have this in system with the, with this, the, the MLS Next League, then this could be our system to be able to put players that we think are talented enough to be able to see if they, they are not, and then we can sell them or, or move. How do we get, how do we get the the crows to play this MNUFC two team? I would love to see that. I mean, I I mean, um, I I would bet that they've, they've played behind closed doors games like that a number of times. That'd be, that'd be a fun one. I would not be at all surprised if we see that happen. Yeah. That'd be a fun one. Um, Anything else to wrap it up? Um, I don't think so. I want to let Bridget end with this because there was just some very, very strange full conca coffee-ness happening within the uh, U.S. women's national team. I guess we're calling it, is it a presidential run? Um, Why don't you take it from there? The the Federation. uh, Federation, thank you. um, This kind of goes against our leaving it on a a positive note. Ah, crap. Rodrigo, think of something. It is funny, funny. And, kind of, and kind of a parody of itself. So 
I mean, we can make it work. Um, so good old uh, Carlos Cordero, who, of course, uh, stepped down oh God. as U.S. Soccer Federation president, um, has submitted paperwork to run again um, from for the role that he stepped down from. Uh, his, so he'll be running against Parlo Cone, Cindy Parlo Cone, who stepped up um, in his absence. Uh, his, so his statement, there's, there's a few things we can hit here. Um, so he stepped down after the litigation paperwork was filed that uh, showed comments about the women's national team, uh, wherein he said that, you know, the women don't deserve to make enough money as much money as the men because you know science and gender and you know all of these i remember this yes things he cited which i know we talked about quite a bit uh, when this happened um so he to quote his his statement when those layers of oversight failed it resulted in the inexcusable and offensive legal firing that caused so much pain, especially for our incredible women's players, he wrote. Had I seen that language, he supposedly did not see anything that the court filed. Uh, Had I seen that language, I would have objected, never allowed it to be submitted as written. Given the severity of what happened, words of apology were clearly not enough. As the president of of our federation, I felt it was important to take responsibility, and I believe that resigning was in the best interest of U.S. soccer at that moment. We are all indebted to Cindy Parlocone for stepping up to serve at a challenging time. So not only does he make himself the victim of, you know, he he's being blamed for his oversights, which he didn't realize were oversights because science in air quotes um but he also (laughs) makes himself out to be the hero who stepped down in order to you know take accountability for all of this bs that happened yeah Uh, he also cited that because none of this has been resolved in the two years of his absence that that means that parlicone should be gone and he should be reinstated yeah there's there's so much double speak in there it's just like running around in angles and weird circles and and here's some more hilarity his his platform lists four priorities one invest in all members lol two women's and men's world cups in the united states within a decade that's within reach and parlo cone is working on that so that's he's going to take credit for anything good that she has started Mm -hmm. three Mm -hmm. equal governance or sorry inclusive governance again lol four ensuring equal pay lol um just the lack of self-awareness is just amazing yeah and i mean these so these are things that it's basically a rephrasing of things that parla cone made her mission in these two years and he's saying that she hasn't you know it it's it reminds me of any time there's a presidential change um you know Obama running on change and hope and not fixing everything within a year was supposedly a failure when Bush had eight years to run things into the ground before somebody else took over. This happens every time there's a presidential change. Um, Same exact thing. Well, you didn't magically fix it in two years. So obviously um, you should be done. And, you know, she states she had a call with the media, according to this ESPN article where, you know, she answered to this. Um, because obviously she's she was interim, but she's running to make her to 
to be elected um, full full mm -hmm. president of the Federation. Um, so Cordero had also cited extreme budget and personnel cuts beyond what was required by the pandemic have made it harder for us to rebuild for the future. After new, nearly two years, the current US soccer leadership has not resolved the various lawsuits state facing the Federation. So Cone's, Cone hits <laughs> Lost, right Lawsuits that he was probably right. the, the main, yeah, yeah right. he was you under. Fixed, you haven't fixed the mess that I made for you in the last oh, two years. So get the FO. Um, amazing. So Just says, the egos are amazing. Yes. So Cone responds, I think over the last two years, having led our organization through a pandemic, hiring a new senior team uh, to oversee the largest sponsorship deal in Federation history, I could go on and on, she said. But together with our staff and our board, we've made a lot of accomplishments in a very challenging time. And so I'm hoping that the membership will see what we've done. Has it been perfect? No, of course not. There's still a lot of work to do. We have a lot of work that we want to accomplish. I would like to have a presidency that's not constantly battling COVID and probably cleanup duties as well. Um, so, so take all of that for, you know, what that's worth. Uh, all right. So we know that apparently amazing. if it doesn't get canceled or whatnot, right? Because, um, Allianz is hosting a game. Is it February second? Correct. Right. Yep. Um, I missed the new also COVID guidelines, in which should be interesting to see how that gets handled as well too. I need uh, to think about that. That is a very good point. Mm -hmm. So we'll we'll see how this gets handled. But in addition, we should ask our listeners, anyone else on our social medias, or any friends and relatives to come up with great slogans that people can put on on cardboard and put on signs. So for that game, people have things to tell Cordero what not to do, which means don't run. Like, <laughs> I'm not voting for you. We're not voting for you. Wow. Yeah. That's, That's just, one. I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy. And let's just, you know, like, I, 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 I'm personally just like, you know, like, I, I can't believe you have a, the audacity to, to think <laughs> that you are, you are, you, you can do a better job than what you did before with not changing that's, that's anything. Perfect word. This is, word. this yeah. is the good old uh, cards against humanity card. The audacity. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I have one more uh, bit of news. Uh, that's kind of like a positive thing. And somewhat not so much of a positive thing. So it's good oh 22, but this is good. So the fifth pick in the NWSL draft, which is uh, Mia Official, which is one of the top young U.S. women national players, um, said no to the Orlando Pride and yes to playing in the Mexican League. So, like, I've, I've talked about religiously sometimes when... Um, the uh, feminine league in Mexico is probably one of the most <clears throat> underrated women's league. Um, but um, I think the fact that um, Mia Fischel will be the first non-Mexican uh, player to go play in that league, like, is huge, right? And so, um, and that that could open up to that, you know, partnership I talked years ago when this league started, 
um, that you know we could we could be seeing an, an influx because we have seen some some of uh, like last year uh, uh, Maria Sanchez right who are dual nationals um, play for um, who who play for for Tigres and then it is now playing for the Houston Dash right that's another big move but now we have an, an American playing in in a top American right playing in um, gonna be playing in the Liga Liga MX Femenil, right? And so I think that's going to make it really interesting. And I'm looking forward to watching more of these games and watching what um Mia Fisher will able to do. But also this this opening, a jarring of this door where we could have transfers of um Mexican players. Because I don't I don't know if sometimes you guys watch the friendlies where Mexico players. I do because it's just something that I that I'll do. But They've gotten better and better, and they are no longer the timid team that people have seen so many times with so many tournaments. They're becoming to come in their own, and they're becoming to become aggressive in a sense of like, no, we're not, we're not, we're not afraid of you. And, and like in the recent games against the United States, you saw some of that, um, the pressing, the other stuff. And I think that's that's the right approach. And that's also the effects of having your own league where you're developing your own players and so what and whatnot. Right. And I think that's, 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 that's helped it out, but I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, just like I am excited about the fact that, you know, that there'll be more women's soccer to watch in that sense. Right. So. Exactly. And, and what a big flex for her to, you know, be drafted by Orlando, a team, which is, I mean, they're basically in a rebuild period again with uh, uh, quite a few of their starters um, having transferred out. So, you know, turning turning that down in order to to move in move in and up to Liga Emeakis. Right. Uh, that's huge. And it's really cool. Really I, interesting. I think that's going to open a lot of doors for the the girls who come behind her. Um, who are drafted or, or registering for draft. Um, and yeah, hopefully it does open open some doors for uh, a little bit more player interchange uh, and not just in one direction, which is kind mm-hmm. of how it's gone. So. Well said. Well, that's a good place to end it. I, I like that. Thank you for that one, Rodrigo. Thank you, Bridget, for your input as well. And thank you, listeners for uh, tuning in we'll do it again next week uh check out the patreon patreon.com backslash mn football show you can yeah. support the uh the work and the silliness that we kind of bring to things here yeah i'm still um, wondering when when a when a cookie becomes a muffin that's that's just like keep having nightmares over that and so, like, i sent you a video they're delicious they, they I, it's like it's like tiny yesterday. video like i couldn't see it i was like I, I have no idea i just like it's like one of those like does does Bigfoot exist, right? That's like one of the things for me. It's like right now, it's like they're delicious. I'm, I'm waiting for by, the, I'll, I'll, the history channel, out. the ancient history channel, like guy with the big hair to come up to me and explain to me that that the cookies are muffins, and then I'm gonna be my mind's gonna be blown. So I, I will leave a few out, my guy. If you want to come by, you can you can try it and have your mind blown. They're spectacular. I will say that. Um, all right, everybody. Thank you, Bridget Rodrigo, listeners. Y we'll see you uh, la próxima semana. Sí.